Hi, welcome back to Drink It In, season three, Single Moms. My name is Jordana Barakhov. In this series, we will be hearing from inspiring single mothers. Each mother has developed powerful tools and personal strengths along their journey. I learned so much from each mother, and I know you will too. Enjoy season three. everybody. This is Jordana Baracha from Drink It In. Oh my gosh, this is season three. I can't believe it's single mom series. It's been awesome so far meeting all these wonderful women. I have Crystal, the bossy girl with me, but before I put Crystal to talk, okay, this is, she's going to say her story, but I just want to explain to you how I met Crystal. Okay. <laughs> I heard her on another podcast and I had commented in on the Instagram post that if you have a problem, Crystal, you probably remember this. If you have a problem getting up in the morning and doing anything, all you have to do is listen to this podcast and listen to Crystal because then you'll get up in the morning. Okay. So I, now that I piqued your interest and Crystal then was like, okay, Jordana, she reached out to me. I want to meet with you. I want to talk with you. And we were chatting and we did that last week. And I was telling her about my podcast and all that I do. And I'm looking for another single mom. And she's like, Hey, I'm a single mom also. I'm like, okay, let's do this. So here we are, we're doing it. Crystal, I wanna introduce you. This is Crystal, the bossy girl. Please tell us about yourself and how you got involved. What's this bossy stuff? What's going on, your career, so on and so forth. Take it away. Oh my goodness, Jordana, I am so happy to be here. And I love that introduction. I have to tell you, your energy just jumps off the screen. I love spending time with you. And I promise you're going to be one of my good friends one day. I know. But moving forward, I know you want me to tell about what I'm doing here. So I'm called Crystal the Bossy Girl. And the reason that is, is because I believe it is my mission that I have been appointed to redefine the word bossy. It can seem insane that I would name my business and even myself such a nasty word. But the truth is, so often there's, there's two reasons the word bossy is used. One, because you're a woman, and two, because you're leading. And I've seen that in my 20 years of experience in supporting women and men in growing their leadership skills. I've seen as soon as a woman steps out and really pushes and really leads, oftentimes she can be labeled as bossy. And what happens in that place is we lose a little bit of our power. We get a little bit more quiet. We get a little bit more hesitant to really step up and share our influence and our, um, our passions and our thoughts. And our thoughts are needed now more than ever in business. And so, like I said, in the last 20 years, I've been teaching leadership development, specifically servant leadership to executives. But what happened was about five years ago, I was in a very, very bad car accident and I had a traumatic brain injury. As a result, I was a single mom of a nine-year-old girl at that time. As a result, I had a traumatic brain injury and I lost my memories. I couldn't read or write. I was having seizures. It was crazy. So they told me I had two years of neuroplasticity where I could grow new pathways in my brain. So like many single moms, we think that we're Wonder Woman, right? Yes. And I signed up to get my master's degree. 
And I used that time getting my master's degree to research women in leadership. And then I just created Bossy Girl Leadership to really address leadership issues for women across the workplace while being a single mom. How about being a single mom and you had this injury? My gosh. So how how did you get out of this injury? This is what I'm talking about. When I heard this story, you have to hear this. This is what I was talking about. Get up in the morning and just make that coffee because listen to what Crystal had to do. Go ahead, Crystal. Explain what you relearn. Oh, well, it's the craziest thing because if you can imagine at the time, I mean, I was an influential businesswoman. I was a public speaker. I was teaching leadership to government agencies. Suddenly, I am unable to read and write. My nine-year-old daughter is basically taking care of me. When she'd find me collapsed in the snow or at the bottom of the steps, she's having to figure out how do I call 911? How do I call Nina? What do I do now? My nine-year-old, I can't drive to the grocery store. I can't, I, I couldn't do anything to take care of her. Suddenly I couldn't work. I'm a single mom on food stamps. And the truth is food stamps don't pay your mortgage. And guess what? I had about a year saved up so that I could be okay if there was an emergency, but you don't ever expect this kind of an emergency. And it just devastated me. I lost my job, I lost everything. And the only thing I was allowed to do was sit in a dark room and color with coloring books, like I was a baby. Wow. And in that moment, I realized, first of all, and I'll get a little emotional, I realized in that moment that I had a choice and there was not a single person that would have faulted me if I decided I'm not going to get out of bed anymore. I just give up. I'll, I'll let my mom take care of my daughter, whatever it has to be. But I realized that if I gave up, I was setting an example for my daughter that would make it okay for her to give up. And that was never, ever going to be acceptable for me. So how'd I do it? I got bossy and I started telling people, you're not going to tell me that I can't do this. I'm going to figure it out. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to read. I'm going to sign up for my master's degree, read scholarly articles, whatever it takes. I'm going to drive again. And it was really, sometimes it's just conscious decision-making deciding I'm bigger than this and nobody can tell me otherwise. And that's really the only answer I have to how I got out of it. Well, you know, when you're talking, it reminds me, I don't know if you had heard about this uh, woman. She's a Holocaust survivor, Dr. Edith Eager. Have you heard of her? I haven't. Oh my gosh. You must, must look her up. Oh, okay. You, I'm telling you afterwards, maybe I'll send you the link. Yes, please. She has two books, but her first book is very short. It's about maybe 150 pages. You know what it's called? The choice. Just like you were saying, when she went to the concentration camps to these death camps, she had a choice. Yes. She's going to make a choice. Is she going to live a certain way or not? I I think her story even though it was a totally different time period and everything else, would you would so resonate with what she's saying. And she's still alive today. She lives out in San Diego. She's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. You have to look her up. I'm gonna send you the link afterwards. I did, well, just for me now when you're talking and I'm like, because you should know when I was going through the stuff that I was going through in my marriage, I'm gonna to transition to that marriage yes. now. 
I read this book. Now I was thinking about getting divorced, uh, yeah. the book, but after I read that book, it solidified for me when I read that book and it said, I have a choice. And exactly what you said resonated with me. When you said, I wanted to demonstrate and show my child something. Mm -hmm. I have six children. And, and if I, I was thinking to myself, what am I teaching my children if I stay in this? That's exactly right. If I right. stay in this marriage, same idea you were saying about the lesson of yes. staying in feeling helpless. Yes. I want to show my kids something healthy. I want to show them that life is better. Yes. You don't have to sit and suffer. That's it. So, yeah. So for you, when you talk about your sing, when you know getting divorced, what was it for you? Did you have these fears? Like I had fears. And everybody I've interviewed, it's very interesting. You know, I just put it out there. You're the first person I'm interviewing that's not Jewish. And that's okay. Okay. I want to, I like to put that out there because I think it's important for people to know that we're women and it doesn't matter Jewish, not Jewish. You're a single mom and that's what unifies us. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important. So I, I, to me, asking this question for you is really crucial, Crystal, because I've heard already from five other women and myself, and we're all come from similar backgrounds, but you're coming from a totally different background. So this, yes. this question is really, I'd love to hear your answer. Sure. What fears did you have about, what scared you about getting divorced beforehand? And then once you were divorced, were those fears warranted? I'm, I'm like dying to hear this answer. <laughs> well, this is, I think probably the greatest question ever. And I will tell you, I was terrified. And what was I terrified of the most? One was the judgment of people in my community. And while I'm not Jewish, right? We still, there is this stigma of if you're a single mom, honestly, we are oftentimes at first glance thought of as trash. And I knew upfront, I mean, I, I'm a professional, I'm an intelligent woman, I am powerful, uh, but I knew right up front, as soon as I was a mom without a husband, people would think of me differently. I thought, well, people may not wanna hire me. People may not even want to be my friends anymore. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and what's even worse, and Jordana, I have to tell you, I decided when I came here to talk to you today and in the time that we spent together last week, I decided that being vulnerable, vulnerable and authentic today was the only way to do this if I wanted to do it well and make an impact for your listeners. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not just a single mom once, I'm a single mom twice. So not only am I a single mom, but I have two daughters with two different dads and I am still every bit as scared that I will be judged anytime I share that. I don't tell people that ever. Um, I just say, yep, I'm divorced and I'm a single mom. But the thing is, our stories oftentimes will define us to the world. And I think that's what we're most afraid of. And the truth is, I have found that yes, those fears were warranted. I have been judged. I have had a more difficult path to walk in the world because I'm a single mom. And I want to add to that. I have found that there's really only one way that we can face that. And it's this, what we do with that judgment is completely up to us. And I relate it to the term bossy. 
So people have called me bossy from the time I was born. Mm -hmm. And I've decided that I'm taking that word back. And when you call me bossy, it's going to fuel my fire. As single moms, we have that same choice. We can say, okay, I'm being judged. That's fine. Guess what? Wait till you see what this single mom can do because I've learned skills and how to be resourceful in ways that other people never, ever, ever, ever could. So I just use it to know that it's, it's a true benefit. And the other thing that I do is I'm very vulnerable. I'm very authentic. I tell people who I am and what it does is it consistently changes people's perspective about what a single mom can look like. So all I can say is don't hide because it only hurts you and it hurts the people that judge you. Unbelievable. You know, I want to tell you, it's just, I interviewed, you're the sixth person I interviewed and each woman consistently spoke about the community judging them, people judging them, people looking at them differently. Yes. I had that fear. Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting though is, um, you're saying that you feel the fear was warranted. I, I'll tell you, the, some of the women, not all of them, but some of the women said that they felt like after some time went on, they didn't feel that judgment as much anymore. So I was really happy to hear that. Well, How about and you? once you accept it, right, it, it doesn't impact you anymore because you know who you are. You right. let go of what other people think because you know that you're still incredible and probably even more incredible than ever because you were strong enough and powerful enough to walk out of a situation that wasn't best for you and wasn't best for your children. I have so much to comment on. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Um, first, let's, I want to get down to some basics to like put it into perspective. How old were you when you got divorced the first time? Absolutely. So uh, how old was I? I'm 41 right now, so I was 31. Okay, so I had just turned 21 the first time I got divorced. Oh, wow, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, and I yeah. had a five-month-old baby, I had one. And I, I'm also, I know, I'm also divorced two times. I don't know if I had mentioned that before. I might've said that to you. So how old were you the second time you got divorced? So the second time, um, and again, this is super vulnerable, but I'm just being real. Yeah. The second time with my second daughter, I was not married. Okay. Um, I was in a actually super ab abusive relationship and he's now in jail. Okay. Okay. So, but still there was a connection, obviously that you had a child. With. Absolutely. We were, 100%. we were my first husband. We were together for 10 years. He was my best friend. We graduated from the same college. We wow. are still friends. He's a wonderful person. I uh, think he's great. I hope he thinks I'm great too. Um, the second situation was not the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so painful. Very painful. Now you mentioned something so interesting. <laughs> brought back a memory of mine. I, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've ever shared this very, very Ooh. interesting memory. Um, you had talked about being judged and getting a job that you, when you would go for a job as a single mom, you'd be judged. Yes. You ready for this story? Yes. Okay. So I had, like I said, I would, my first divorce, I had just turned 21 had a five month old baby. And I was just becoming a teacher that I got my master's in Jewish education and I was applying for jobs. I lived back at home and I'm applying for jobs and I apply to this uh, school. I will not use the school's name right now because I'm saying something negative and I will not say who interviewed me. Even sure. So very negative. So it comes out on my resume, like all these 
discrepancies, my address, because I had just gotten divorced. Right, right. I had all these different addresses going on. So the person who interviewed me said, um, what's going on here? I said, well, I'm recently divorced. And the principal looks at me and says, hmm. I said, yeah, so is that a problem? And, and the person says, no, it, it's okay. We just want to make sure the people that work here are stable. I'm like, okay, I never heard from them again. Wait, now, thank God. I love it when we have stories that are <laughs> negative and then there's a positive to go. Yeah. You know, like the mountains and the valleys. I think God sets things up, the highs and the lows, so you can compare them, night and dark, so on and so forth. A month later, I went for another job interview. This person, I will say their name, it is positive. It's, his name is Eugene Kualwasser, Rabbi Kualwasser at Yavin Academy. That's the school I still work for. I'm starting my wow. 27th year. I go for the job interview. He also sees certain discrepancies, right? Now, not that I, I'm dumb, meaning there were things that said I did a lot of things in a certain community, but yet my official mailing address was a different community. That's where the discrepancies came up. Okay. So he says, I see you have discrepancies. Like, what do you, which community are you in? I said, well, I'm recently divorced. This is what he did. He stopped the entire interview. He put aside my folder that he was using to, you know, ask me questions. And he turns to me with a sincerity and a seriousness and, and a sense of care. And he says, are you okay? How are you doing? Oh, oh my gosh. That blew me away. And when I did get four job offers, oh, teacher, that was the place I went to work, even though I traveled 50 minutes, five zero every day without traffic. Then imagine when there was traffic every Absolutely. day back and forth. So we're talking about over two hours of driving I had every day, but to work for him, hands you down, do hands Absolutely. down, it's the best decision I ever made. It's the place I love. It's my family. And like I said, I'm there year 27 coming up in September, amazing. but I'm, amazing. I just wanted to share that, but you, this happened to me being judged at a job interview, but I just, I just had to share that. I don't think I've ever shared that. So I just wanted to share. I totally relate to what you were saying that you go on this job interview. They look at you as a single mom. Are you going to be, are you going to show up? Are you going to take off? Are, are you going to show us that this job matters to you? I mean, so judged a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Jordana, you're just demonstrating. This is the thing. Anybody else's opinion, that's none of your business. What I'm dealing with is for me to deal with and what they're dealing with is for them to deal with. And you know who you are. And just like if someone would call you bossy, if somebody's judging you for being a single mom, you move on with your day. So what? They just don't realize what they're missing out on. You only control you. And it's one of the biggest leadership lessons that I teach too, because people will come to me and say, well, Crystal, I can't get them to do this, or I can't get them to do that. And it's like, well, that's not the perspective we need to take here. What is it that you're doing to motivate them? What kind of environment are you creating? What are you doing that you can control? What their judgment is, is none of your business. I love it. I love it. Any of these, anyone who's listening to this is just going to love this because you're giving us such great tools on how to show up every day in your life and to present yourself a certain way. Cause when you present yourself a certain way, people will treat you that way. 
That's exactly right. And so much, even when we look at things like the glass ceiling or judgments of single moms or whatever it is, so much of that that needs to be overcome, I'm not saying all of it, but so much of it that needs to be overcome is within us. Because we have that fear. That's why you asked me that question and why you were so interested. Because we are afraid of how we are going to be perceived. And whenever you go into the world afraid, then you are facing people from a different place than if you go into the world with your giving yourself grace and accepting yourself and others for exactly who they are and where they are right now. You present differently. And if you can overcome that, then you have a shot at really really making a difference, but it's, it's all about you. I have a question for you, Crystal. I didn't prepare this question. It's only from what you were saying. And I talked to me. I'm sorry. When you were talking and you were talking about, you know, being divorced and you started off also about the car accident. Mm -hmm. This came to me, this question, talking about recovering from that car accident, which to most people be like, okay, you had to learn how to read and write again and mm-hmm. take care of yourself and recovering from divorce. Mm-hmm. Which one would you say was harder? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So I would say they both have unique challenges. Okay. Um, I would say probably one of the biggest differences between the two is with my TBI, there wasn't as much understanding or acceptance or other people in the community that had could understand or you know the one one of the things that I think is so special about single moms is we can come together and face this stuff and oftentimes like when we're going through a divorce or a separation or something we have our girlfriends to lean on and it's in in my research with women uh women in leadership and women of influence Oftentimes what they talk about is women being each other's worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I have discovered and what I've found is that for me, that's not been true, but it's about how you step into the world. Are you welcoming other women into your place? And if you are, then they'll be there to support you. With my TBI, I would say that, I mean, honestly, that, that was harder because I personally didn't have the ability or the know-how to figure out what I could do to help myself. Um, I was completely incapacitated in many ways and unable to make decisions. Um, uh, For me, getting divorced was incredibly difficult. uh, But on the other side, I felt that I was more powerful than I had ever been. Mm. And on the other side of a TBI, I actually continued to question my worth. And I think that that's where so often as women, we also run into trouble because we're not sure how do I measure up? And we're taught at a very, very young age that our worth is related to how perfect we can show up in the world. And especially coming from religious backgrounds, we know like, make sure that you do it all. Make sure, be the perfect mom, be the perfect professional, have no hair out of place. Don't gain weight. Don't, I mean, the list goes on and on, right? So you, you have to show up and you have to do it perfect. 
And to all of that, I say BS. Well, you know, this transitions beautifully to the next question I wanted to ask you is, is like, you know, I've asked this to other women. Um, how do you date as a mom? How do you, a single mom? How do you balance the working as a single mom? How, how, do, you, how do you do it all? Like, how do, what, do you, what type of system do you have in place to do it? <laughs> uh, oh, well, I, okay. So I am not the expert on this. Okay. at all. So no. I don't I don't feel qualified to provide any good guidance. Now if you want guidance on how to lead in the workplace, I'm in. Okay. Dating not okay. so much. Not so much. Um but what I can say is it's incredibly difficult as a single mom to be able to keep those lives separate. I mean, I'm 41 years old and I have a 2-year-old and so going out on a date on a Friday night is just, and, and obviously, as I said, that the dad is not in the picture. So I'm a mom 24 seven um, and keeping that stuff separate is incredibly difficult. What I would say though, is just like with business and through the pandemic and all of that kind of thing, technology has been really helpful in supporting us to find people that are worthwhile to invest in. I don't have time to date. I'm running two companies. I'm speaking across the nation. I, 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 I have a community for women who want to become more whole and more authentic. I don't have time for dating. But what I can say is when you find somebody, and really, like I said, I think using technology is the way to go right now. If you vet that process, then you know who you can invest your time in. That's so true. I love that. You're right. You know, that that's one of the things I think for single moms that probably is really positive that didn't come up in any yes. of my podcasts. Um, when I was talking to other women, you're right. You know, with the pandemic and COVID and everything, everybody was forced at home. Yes. And I've been seeing that online dating has become a bigger, bigger uh, venue, I guess, or yes. venue for people. And you're right. You could vet it. You know, I say, I say that all the time to people, you don't have to, you know, first start with, of, of text and a phone call, then a FaceTime yes. and then, and then you could go, you know, go yes. with it hundred percent, but you're right. I, I didn't even hundred percent. I love that. I'm glad really, you brought that up. Really learn before you invest your time. Right. hundred percent. Your time is worth a lot. That's so, exactly right. Your time is worth a lot. So now you have these companies, this bossy girl stuff, everything. Would you say that's your proudest moment? These, this whole movement that you started? Um, yeah, yeah, I think I would. So my entire, and, and the reason I can say that is as a single mom, the reason that this movement exists really, and the reason that I have had enough power as I've gone through some of the obstacles we've talked about yeah. is because I believed in the potential of my daughters and I wanted to give them the best shot at becoming all that they could be. So what I've essentially done is created a movement that allows women of all types to own all of their power. And when I see, whether it be my daughters, you, somebody listening to this podcast, when you said to me, if you listen to Crystal, you'll want to get up to, out of bed in the morning. I was like, you know what? That's one step closer 
for women to own their power. I need to know her. <laughs> that's, that's my proudest moment. When women feel free to shine, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of their religious backgrounds, regardless of their marital backgrounds, regardless of their race, whatever it is, when women feel free to shine and feel free to lead, and I get to walk beside them in that, that's by far my proudest moment. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Can I just share something very cute? So I was saying how the first episode is ready out. So yeah. we're going to hear this way back in a few weeks from now. A man contacted me and said, maybe you should do an episode with a single dad. He said, he said I, yes. really, I did enjoy, he said, I did enjoy, but he said he had a little bit of a take. I'm going to share it with you, Crystal. I'd love Please. To. Um, he had a little bit of a take. He said, you know, his issue is that he, he said, I don't know, I never did the research. So I'm taking his word for it. Okay. He said that 80% of divorces are women initiated. That's what he mm. said. He said 80% of the divorces, I don't know, I'm like, I'm going to like start open up a Pandora box here, <laughs> uh, 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 initiated by women. He said, so he says, when now as an older man dating and the, and the women complain that us men do not commit and our, our commitment phobia, he says, it's kind of warranted because we're starting a relationship and going into a relationship with another woman who very good chance, 80% chance that she's the one who wanted out. And all we men want to know is that you're going to be loyal. So I said to him, and you tell me what you think. I said, well, yeah. maybe, I said, well maybe, maybe 80% of the men need to work on themselves. I mean, do you think that could be problematic? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I said, I never did the research, but, and he, he what do you, what do you, what do you take on that? Like, do you, I don't know. I wonder if that's really true. 80%. Do you get that feeling that most divorces, I don't know, you have friends. Was most of your friends' divorces initiated by the women? Yeah. Now right? that you say that, yes. Yes. But, yes. but. Yeah, I love the, to hear. There's always a but to that, right? Yes, 100%. So I think what you just said is probably what's most important. Um, and I always, everything I do, if there's anything I'm an expert at, it's how to lead organizations. Okay. Now, intimate relationships, obviously I'm not as much of an expert, right? So I relate things to leading organizations. And this is the thing. So often when a, a, an executive, a CEO comes to me and says, Crystal, my people have a problem. They stink, come in and fix it, right? I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting because my very first clue here about how to fix the organization is that you're not owning it. So we need to start with you. Okay. Love that. Now, oh my gosh. I love that crystal. Yes. So now see, because the problem is always one level higher than what you think it's going to be. Right. So if a woman is leaving a relationship, my guess is that she has probably tried to communicate that there's problems. She has probably tried to share that in this way, she's not fulfilled or she's not getting this or hearing that, whatever the case may be, right? Unfortunately, what happens though, is if whether it's a direct report of a supervisor or you know, it's the CEO that's, that's talking to their direct reports or if it's in a marriage, 
if you're not listening to your people and creating an environment where they can be the best version of themselves, they're going to leave you. Mm. They're going to leave you. So what I would say to the man that you were talking to is this, you're right. Don't get in a relationship with another woman and don't commit to another woman until you know that you are 100% ready to hear everything that she has to say. So, and I don't, it doesn't matter if it's the woman or the man, this goes both ways. So one, when we're in a relationship, we have to be willing. And I can say full, I can, I can completely own this, that I've struggled with this too. Cause you know, we, as women oftentimes think we're right, especially when we're powerful women. Right. Mm -hmm. But so one, we have to own that we're not perfect. And we have to start with doing what we can to be the best version of ourselves. Only once we've done that, can we then open ourselves up to the other person? Again, whether it's business or home, it really doesn't matter. We can open ourselves up to the other person, start truly and actively listening to who they are and taking their feedback so that we can create an environment where they feel supported loved, encouraged, like they're able to grow. That's where we need to be. Mm, mm, I love it all. You know, Crystal, I'm gonna, I wanna sum up with something very nice. I think you're gonna love this. Please. In, in Judaism, we say that a name represents who a person is. It's their essence. I, we usually say it's a Jewish name. So obviously my Jewish name is not Jordana. My Jewish name happens to be Yonina. Yonina coming from the word Yona, which is a bird. And my Hebrew middle name is Vita Vicha. So really I'm a peaceful, happy messenger. That's really what my name is. Um, That fits you really, really well. Doesn't I think so too. Yes. I feel like I own it. I Um, love it. I'm going to give you yours, Crystal. Yes. Your name really, while you were talking, you present things in such a crystal clear way that you also own your name. And I just wanted to share that with you. And I think the listeners are really gonna see that also because when they listen very carefully and attuned to the words that you said, you make it crystal clear. You present it in such a way that it's easy to understand and also apply to our lives. So can you share with everyone, Crystal, where you can be found if somebody, I know you have a book, another book coming out, I think anything, however, anyone can contact you, reach you, give it away. Go ahead. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay. So go to www.bossygirl.org. And there we are building a community of women that are coming together to be the most authentic version of themselves. Also my daughter, who's now 13, the nine-year-old that that supported me through my brain injury has started my Instagram account under crystal, the bossy girl. So I'm super proud of her, help her follow us there. That's going to be exciting. Also uh, bossy girl leadership LLC on Facebook. And last thing is it's not out yet, but in the very near future, my first book will be published and it's called Beautifully Bossy. And it is dedicated, we call it the Worldwide Women's Wholeness Wave. And it's dedicated to supporting women in becoming the best version of themselves, the best bossy version of themselves by using courage, authenticity, grace, and love. So I would love it if you would support our mission there as well. 
Oh, I, yes, all the listeners heard it and we're going to have it all written down. And Crystal, thank you. It was really a godsend when we connected. It was, it was. Oh my gosh, this was just awesome. Thank you so much, Crystal, and have a great, great day. Thank you. I love this. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Drink It In The Podcast. You can find all my episodes and so much more at maverickpodcasting.com. Come connect and say hi with me on Instagram at drinkitin underscore Jordana. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.